Welcome back to Master the Marketplace with ETLs. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the show. And today we have a very special guest on Master the Marketplace, Mitch Bailey, the COO of ETLs. So welcome, Mitch, to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for this. Fantastic. Well, let's just start by maybe you telling everyone about your background and a little bit about yourself, what you do at ETails and just your history in general. Yeah, absolutely. So um, like Kanal mentioned, I'm the chief operating officer here at ETails. Uh, I've been with the organization for nine plus years now. So um, yeah, I was kind of one of the, the early members. I think I was the fifth or sixth employee, something like that. So um, full-fledged startup mode, uh, which was fun. So in that environment, yeah, you wear a lot of hats. You learn a lot about the business. Um, I started within our merchandising team. So working a lot with our with our vendors at that time and um, doing a lot of catalog curation. And um, But that was kind of the kind of part-time focus. And then you do accounting, then you do sales, then you do kind of all those pieces. So um, uh, I then kind of uh, started to focus a lot on our technology. Um, back then, we we were growing very very quickly, and um, there weren't necess- there weren't the necessary solutions out there in the in the marketplace for us to scale the way that we needed to. So um, one of my favorite expressions is necessity is the mother of invention. So we had to set out to uh, invent some creative solutions for us. So um, I led uh, a number of teams to help uh, kind of enter into that space. So uh, now kind of focused on um, a lot of the operational components around around the organization and um, loving it every day. That's great. And, you know, our topic today obviously is about, you know, 1P and 3P, and I can't think of a better person to talk about it than you. And so maybe some, uh, maybe tell the viewers or the listeners a little bit about why did you choose e specifically? I'm sure out of college, you had so many options in front of you. So why e <laughs> Yeah, so it was important to me to, um, I love this question, by the way. Uh, and it was important for me, I just, I really wanted to get involved with uh, a startup and entrepreneurial environments. Um, I kind of have the that uh, kind of that just kind of fire in the belly to um, kind of start something and and see it through. So um, there was this this local um, company that was just founded and it went through a business plan competition uh, regionally here and it won the competition and um, I had an opportunity to meet with uh, with the co-founders there and um, I felt like they were they were onto something pretty interesting. Um, so I, I I took a risk and jumped in and um, I'm very thankful that I did. Fantastic. Great, great story. So let's just, you know, deep dive into today's topic then, which is all about, you know, the difference between 1P and 3P and just talking a little bit about that. So maybe for our listeners, you know, given your history, your background, tell them what the difference between 1P and 3P really is so that we can just start framing the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 1P, uh, if you think about a marketplace or platform, um, there the, some some of these marketplaces offer a 1P solution, which would be if the, the platform, the, the owner of that platform has a retail entity behind it that would partner with brands and and uh, represent their product. So uh, for Amazon, for example, they have uh, a, a division within their organization, which is their retail division, and, and they actually work with brands and um, issue POs. They take on inventory and Amazon retail is selling that. So that'd be a brand taking a 1P relationship with a marketplace, whereas a 3P is the marketplace is open for external participation. So retailers or brands themselves could um, participate on that and manage that themselves. So Etails is a uh, a retail a third party retailer that represents um, hundreds, thousands of brands across uh, our portfolio. Um, so we're managing that service for them in a in a three P relationship. So then, how would a brand? sort of think about, you know, whether they should go 1P or they should go 3P? Like, how would they make that decision? What is one better than the other? Or, 
or not? Like, how would they think about that? Yeah, great question. So, um, if I'm a brand, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna look at the data and I'm gonna kind of see where where we think the industry is going. So, um, and this is something that we, as an organization, that we look at quite frequently. And um, one of the, the very interesting um, kind of information, like the uh, pieces of data that we see is where is the volume oriented on Amazon? Um, just in, in 2018 was the first time that overall volume on Amazon's platform, 3P volumes surpassed Amazon volumes. Uh, and in, in Amazon's latest earnings, they reported that 53% of overall uh, GMV gross merchandise value was from third parties. So I'm going to think about that information and say, okay, that's that looks like a trend is happening. And, and if you look back in previous years, it's growing from 30% to 40%, now upwards of 50%. Um, so there's more volume coming from third party, um, third party uh, entities. And I think that we can infer that that is because that's where Amazon wants their growth to be positioned. They're creating, they've created a platform and they want other participators to come use that platform ultimately because it's a better economic uh, outcome for Amazon as an organization. 100%, right? Makes sense. I mean, that's what that's that's why they're called a tech company, right? In this space is uh, they've developed the platform, they've got the operational expertise. And now just like their retail business is not nothing but another player on that platform. They would rather have another, other, a bunch of other players on that platform. And so I think just using that analogy, that's the way I like to look at it, to be honest with you, is, is I just look at retail, at Amazon retail, just as another player on their platform. And that's competing with other third-party players on the same platform. So anyway, that's just my view. Yeah. And I, I think another kind of piece of evaluation that a brand would be looking at, because if that's the case, like you just said, if if a 1P is just another you know retail participant, um, then I think it comes down to capabilities. So what, what sort of capabilities do and expertise do these providers out there, what do they offer? Um, so so if, if I'm a brand trying to determine what my my direction is, I'm going to, I'm going to think about what my needs are and go try to find the, the providers that have the capabilities that most orient to my needs. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, I was going to ask you about where do you think the future is in 1P and 3P? I think you, all, you answered that, you know, Amazon's financials mm-hmm. give us some signals into where that is, but you want to elaborate a little more on, do you think 3P is going to take over? 1P is going to survive? Like where do you think the future is? Yeah. Uh, so I think going back to the trend analysis, I think, um, I think if that's any indicator of the future, which history typically is, uh, uh, we will continue to see 3P volumes grow at a higher clip than, than Amazon retail. Um, and it comes again, comes back down to um, uh, the economics behind it. If, if um, we boil it down, I think Amazon's primary concern is for their platform, you can summarize it in three points. The first is increasing product selection. The second is at the lowest prices on the web. And the third is offering the greatest customer experience for their end consumer. So long as brands or third parties are hitting those three things, which that's why they've created a platform because it creates uh, it creates an open competitive environment that people are going to want to put product on this platform. They're going to compete on prices, which will reduce prices across the board. Um, and they've already created this fulfillment infrastructure that is scalable beyond measure. Uh, so those three things are capable. I believe that Amazon retail continues to exist because um, there are certain top tier brands that they're more comfortable taking that um, that financial liability, investing in the inventory, having the overhead and operating expenses associated to managing that because it does it it 
guarantees those three those three components. But I, I do continue to to believe that um, there will be a widening gap between uh, what requirements a brand has to have to fall into that first that top tier um, that top tier um, kind of segment. So if I'm an established brand, like a really big brand that is working with with Amazon in a 1P fashion and, you know, Amazon is pushing me to maybe reduce price because price is important to their consumers. Like, how would I think about it? Is is working maybe with a 3P player a better option in that case for the brand? Selling themselves online as a 3P player is a better option? Like, how would a big brand think about a strategy like that? I think it comes down to what's important to them. And in most cases, I believe control is very important. Um, I mean, we you've read the articles and seen the news about, you know, Nike's pulling off the platform because it's the, it's they don't feel that it's an accretive thing to their brand because there's a, there's a very difficult, um, uh, it's very difficult to control. So if... If uh, the control of um, your branding, control of pricing, control of consistency, uh, messaging, all those components, if that's an important thing, uh, then that will be more easily accomplished by working with a third party. Got it. And so how does this translate to other marketplaces? Walmart or, you know, we're talking about Amazon here, but I mean, there are so many other marketplaces out there. I'm sure they have their 1P, 3P versions. How would a brand think about other marketplaces as it relates to this whole 1P3P debate? Yeah, great question. So um, I think, again, it comes back to consistency and control. Um, and if if a solution provider has the capabilities to, to manage d- those other distinct channels and marketplaces, then it is going to be much more attainable to have that same level of consistency throughout whatever platform that you're participating in. So if you want the same images, if you want the same con- uh you know, description, product descriptions, same pricing, same uh, bullet points, keywords, marketing strategies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's going to be very difficult for a brand to manage if they're using 1P on one platform, 3P on another platform, and maybe doing it themselves on another platform. That will be almost impossible to control and guarantee. So um, when we're talking to brands as an organization that details, we're promoting that, you know, this is a capability that can be unlocked by using a, a, a partner like Etails to, you know, manage end to end all of those different platforms. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a key point that you just made around just that consistency across your presence online as a whole, across all these different marketplaces, irrespective of whether it's Amazon or Walmart. So speaking of that, I mean, how would a brand, uh, you know, say that they've decided that they want to go 3P? Should they do it themselves? Should they build that in-house capability? Or should they work with a partner like Etails or some other agency or something? How do they think about making that decision? Good question. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll answer it if, if I'm the brand themselves. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll, I'll again, I'll go back and, and do a little bit of research, put on my R&D hat and, uh, and figure out uh, kind of what the capabilities are if I inherently go want to try to do this myself. Um, uh, and we know as details from experience that um, sometimes that's, that's a very difficult thing to do. You know, I'm kind of thinking with my Amazon lens right now. Uh, Amazon does a very good job of creating solutions for sellers that would span their $2.5 million seller universe. Um, certain brands have different needs or different requirements Maybe they need um, a more flexible solution for them to manage their supply chain or their marketing strategy, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that the solutions that they've created, their selling solutions that Amazon's created aren't the best fit for those needs. Um, so I'm going to go figure out, you know, what are some of the other capabilities that some other, you know, third party solution providers might have? So, um, you know, that's what we've done. And, and, and I'm thinking now from the e-tails lens is we've created flexible solutions for us because we have to manage a very 
you know, large business for us. And it spans multiple brands, it spans multiple partners, it spans multiple categories, um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's kind of what I would be looking at. Uh, the other thing that I think about too is what are my core competencies as an organization? Uh, if selling and distribution isn't part of that, then I'm probably going to go look for a, for somebody that 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 has that core competency. You know, one of my uh, one of my favorite and another favorite expression is um, not to outsource a core competency. So um, if those things, if you don't have those core co- core competencies inside your organization, then that could be potentially something that you want to outsource. So if marketing um, cost per click marketing on marketplaces is not a core competency, it oftentimes will be more cost effective to go find somebody that that's their expertise. So again, back to capabilities, what are my primary concerns as a brand um, and doing a little bit of research to figure out who's out there that that could be, you know, valuable to my to my brand. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting from the perspective of newer brands, because, you know, newer brands not only have to think about, you know, manufacturing and, you know, getting their product out there, achieving product market fit, but then all the intricacies of the online marketplace world and Amazon, cost per click, all that stuff. And it could get intimidating, right? At some level, I know I would be intimidated if I had set up a brand out, you know, a new brand. And I think the perception sometimes is that maybe it's really expensive to go with an agency or something. Like, how would you, do you think that's the case? Or or do you think that there are, you know, partners like Etails and others who can just work with newer brands and take them to market? I think very much there are, yeah, there, there are opportunities to be more economical by doing that because um, Etails internally has the efficiencies because we've reached a critical mass and have the economies of scale to do things across many products, many brands in a repeatable way. We've developed those processes internally. Um, yeah. So not to mention the fact that uh, uh, in many cases, if a, if a brand themselves wants to go out and do this, they're going to have to hire somebody that's dedicated to this. And they might, that not, not might be a justifiable thing for their organization. So um, we have, you know, a variety of different teams offering a variety of different products and services for these brands to be able to leverage like photography services, creative services, um, SEO, content marketing, all those different kind of areas of specialty that brands would need to be, be successful. And instead of them having developed those, those course core expertise internally, they can leverage the, the teams here that are that are running our you know close to a billion dollar business for them on their brand's behalf right that makes sense and you know sometimes i when i think about it is you know uh, new brands specifically, they've, they've just so much to do, right? And then the marketplace is getting a lot more saturated. There are a lot more players on the marketplace. And so you, you know, new brands are figuring out ways to get a competitive edge. And if they start building that capability in-house, that might just take them away from the core expertise that they really have, which is about the brand and the manufacturing. 100%. And so working with a partner just might be the best way out, at yeah. least initially, to get them the kind of traction that they're looking for. In many cases, brands and manufacturers, they just want to develop cool product. And they should partner with somebody else that allows them to do that, and they can take care of the other things, right? So um, they're they're outsourcing that that distribution or that marketing strategy to somebody else, where they're they're focused on what they want to be their core competency, which is developing great product that consumers want. And so let's switch gears a little bit on the just the FBA side of things, the fulfillment side of you know by, by Amazon. You know, where do you think that is heading? If if I'm a brand, would I think about building a a capability internally around shipping to consumers or is it better to align with where FBA is going as a whole and and relying on Amazon's infrastructure to to fulfill? This is one of my favorite topics to talk about because uh, there's just so much capital and so much volume running through this infrastructure, fulfillment infrastructure that Amazon's c- created um, called FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon. They they announced in their in their 2Q earnings that they invested over $800 million in next day fulfillment. So their objective is to continue 
continue to push the envelope for what the consumer expectation is for um, a fulfillment service level. They started with Prime at two day. It's they're now making very, very large investments into um, next day delivery. There's Prime Now coming, which is same day delivery, next hour delivery, all these different um, really like uh, next level expectations. So if I look at that and I'm and I'm looking at I want to be an active participator, an active player on this platform, and I have one warehouse in in the Midwest, it's going to be very difficult for me to compete with those different service levels. So I'm going to opt into that. And I just I think that the that Amazon, the position that they've they've put themselves in, they're going to continue to be the leader in the fulfillment capabilities. So they've also created it in a platform model that anybody can participate in. So I'm going to do that. Strategically, that's a decision that Etails made um, years ago. We did a lot of evaluation on whether or not that we wanted to build our own capabilities in, in that fulfillment space. But ultimately, we decided that let's align our, ourselves with with the leader here, the, which being Amazon. Um, and I think that was the right move for us. Oh, 100%. And if you just think about the history of Amazon too, and when they started, they've always been an operational first company. They've always taken that view of, you know, how do we optimize our operations and that's why they are where they are today you know they have the kind of scale that that they have that we can all leverage now as consumers of the platform as a whole and so we should use that we should look at amazon as our partner uh, from a fulfillment standpoint just like we expect other third-party sellers to use etails as a partner right and so it's this entire ecosystem that can come together ultimately delivering value for not only our partners but for the consumer at the end of the day right so so i think that's that's fantastic and i think as amazon continues to invest in in their, those capabilities it's it's going to become much more expensive for other part other players that have their own solutions or leverage an outsource solution uh, to compete with that. They're going to be walking up the cost curve because they're going to need to try to hit next day next day delivery, and um, they don't get a benefit from the economies of scale that that Amazon currently has. Um, and and I mean you, we can see the things that are coming at the, up in the news. There, Amazon's really trying to solve that next day delivery problem. So they've they've already announced that they're disengaging with FedEx. Um, they've created their own franchised opportunities to create last mile delivery service uh, within Amazon's platform. So they're, they're more and more becoming, uh, you know, the, the leader in this whole global logistics area. Um, and I think that they're going to continue to, to focus on that. I agree. So last question, and then I'll, I'll let you go. I know I'm sure you're really busy. So, you know, one P three P I know there are two options right now on the table. Are there other options that brand can brands can think about you know, to utilize platforms such as Amazon, Walmart, et cetera, or just selling online on their own? Like what other options are out there except outside of 1P and 3P? Yeah. So the um, the other kind of option that, that comes to mind uh, here in the question is, is about kind of a brand doing it themselves. So there are there are agencies out there, you know, Etails offer some of these services, which is more channel management oriented. But, um, you know, we also have this uh, whole division of our organization that's focused on software as a service. So if a brand does want to um, actively manage this themselves, uh, oftentimes it's going to take outside, um, outside solutions for things like marketing operations, supply chain management, um, listing optimization, uh, inventory management, those types of things. So um, there are, I'd, I'd encourage brands to look to see what those solutions are that could help more effectively manage that for themselves. Uh, because yeah, I, I guess to more directly answer your question, um, the three real options would be 1P, 3P, or a brand selling direct themselves. So um, if a brand does choose to do that, uh, ensuring that they're set up to set up for success to be able to leverage some of the, um, the solutions that have allowed other, other brands to be successful on the platform. Yeah, you make a really good point because, you know, 
brands don't have to, even if the brand does decide to sell themselves, it doesn't mean that they have to build the full capability in-house. They can always utilize some of the cutting edge technology that exists with e-tails or with other you know, providers out there. And so that they're empowered to be able to do this a lot more effectively. So there's no need for them to go and manage listings on their own when there's a listing optimization software out there, or they don't need to do marketing on their own if there is marketing management software out there. They can utilize some of these tools that are already built out and optimized for, for this world. So cash you a quick question oh yeah so you uh you coming from amazon being in the belly of the beast over there right you you probably saw a lot more under the hood with their strategic objectives around um growing amazon retail the one p side um their focus on 3p like where do you foresee what do you forecast the trends to be here as you uh you put on your amazon hat from being there and knowing a little bit more about their goals and objectives yeah so i my view is very similar to to your view which is you know amazon's a tech company they're a platform company just like what they did with AWS as a whole becoming the platform for cloud. Uh, their retail businesses is really a becoming more of more of a platform to enable sellers, including Amazon retail, to go sell on the platform. So you're going to see a lot more third-party players on the platform. The volumes are going to increase and we're seeing that in the numbers. And I think that trend is going to continue. That being said, I don't think that retail business is going to completely go away. I think they're going to start moving a lot more brands into 3P and then manage a core portfolio of brands within the retail business. Again, utilizing that retail business just as another third-party player on the platform. So the platform will become more consistent over time, become a singular platform that Amazon Retail sort of works on along with all these third-party players and let them all compete to make sure that they're giving consumers the best experience um, possible. So that's my view. But yeah, you'll definitely see in my view that a lot of the smaller brands, the mid-tier brands kind of pushed out of the core retail portfolio into more of a third-party space. And I'm sure Amazon will work with folks like Etails as well as using their own internal solutions to enable those brands to sell effectively on the platform. But they themselves from a true 1P standpoint will manage only a very core portfolio of really the, those big brands yeah so yeah that's where i think the world's going were you guys uh, were you guys benchmarked did you have like specific metrics or things that you kind of were were measured on in terms of the portfolios that you operated from the one piece side to because i imagine there were things that that you guys looked at to qualify brands for 1P? Yeah, so when we managed a portfolio, we managed it at the category level, irrespective of whether it was 1P or 3P. So in aggregate, a GM would look at, look, here's how I want to run this category and show growth on that particular category as well as profitability on the category. So then you can imagine that a, that a GM has the flexibility to sort of move brands from 3P to 1P or 1P to 3P and make that decision. And the profitability in general, both, um, uh, the profitability profile for a brand is a lot better on 3P from a, from an Amazon standpoint. So then it really became a strategic decision on do I really trust a 3P player for one of my larger brands as opposed to should I just take control of that particular brand and manage the experience for that brand and my consumers. And so that's how we made the decision was, look, we'll just, you know, by default, try to move as many brands into 3P and try to create a sort of a, a, a level that, you know, anything underneath this should all be in 3P and then only a very core portfolio of the high-end brands doing a lot of volume on Amazon beyond 1P. And I think that trend is going to continue and the bar to become a 1P player is going to become higher and higher in the future. So yeah, we were certainly benchmarked. Uh, and the good news is in this approach, because the portfolio was managed in aggregate across 3P and 1P, uh, again, it's not that, you know, it's not that uh, there were specific targets for 3P and 1P from a gross, from a from a GMV perspective. It was like, look, in aggregate, the category is growing and that's what matters to Amazon at the end of the day. And if it's doing it more profitably, it makes more sense to do it, to shift 
shift more dollars into right. 3B. Yeah, I, that made me think of something. And I think another key piece is that on the one piece side, the scope and scale of the brands under management, SKUs under management, et cetera, like the, if I think about POs that they're issuing, the scale there is just so dramatically larger than oh, some of these three P sellers. So the flexibility that one P offers brands is so much far less than than what could be you know accomplished through working either yourself doing this yourself or working with a, a preferred third party uh, third party players. So if there's things that um, you know like lead time requirements or supply mm-hmm. chain SLAs, those types of things that Amazon might be very rigid in in their operations on those those components. And if they are, then they're likely going to charge you a, an upcharge for some of those things for that flexibility. Um, uh, it, that might be something that can be uh, navigated or, or um, you know, more accomplished with a third party. Yeah. And one more thing that we didn't really touch upon was even within the One Piece space that Amazon sort of controls, you know, they've got a distinction between brands that they would handhold and have a more direct relationship with as opposed to just going passing all those brands through an automated system and just sending them automated POs, for example. And so that's important to also differentiate is that you might be working with in a 1P fashion with Amazon, but it's very likely that you're actually just getting through an automated system end to end as opposed to really getting that one-on-one experience that only the top brands get. And so when working with a third-party player, maybe there's more flexibility and you can get that handholding that you really care about to make sure that your brand presence is maintained, is positioned well, and growing on a platform like Amazon. Sounds like you can get create a tailored solution. That's right. Which is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Mitch, thank you again for being on the show. I'll let you go. I uh, really appreciate your time. I have absolute pleasure speaking to you about this, and I hope we can see you again on the show sometime. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Through conversations with experts in online retail with years of marketing, compliance, and inventory management experience, we seek to empower our listeners to master the marketplace. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you next time on Master the Marketplace with Etails.